0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Pounding for the, the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, this is, this, this, this
0: is Views is from, from Midstreet.
1: Mid now, here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest rousing edition of the Views from Midstreet podcast, your home for Carolina Panther talk around the world based out of Greenville, South Carolina. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show on the Fan Upstate in Greenville. You can find us on the internet at the Rob Brown Show on the social media pages. You can find my partner, my co-host, Lonzo Reitzel at Lonzo Onward. And, you know, the 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 last two podcasts coming off a win, turns out they've been a lot more fun. Who knew and now we're going to see if maybe we can do it again. Another week of excellent podcast with a win over the Arizona Cardinals in a 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff on Sunday afternoon. Lonzo Reitzel, I have been up and down the stat sheet. And I got to tell you, the more I look at these numbers, the more I look at the attitude of this team, which I'm going to get to here in just a minute because I saw somebody tweet something earlier that infuriated me a little bit. Um I don't is this feeling and I'm not used to it is this feeling I have on the inside the, the 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 warm fuzzy is this um is this confidence it's a weird is it confidence it's weird
0: uh Charlie Sheen would call it dragon blood uh mm-hmm. you know it's uh it has to do with winning and uh, yeah, that's what that feels like. It's absolutely what that feels like. I mean, you and I are winners in life, but you know, seeing a team that you root for actually winning it just helps pump up that dragon blood a little bit more. Did you know that we're we're like the windy city right now because it's windy? Okay. Because it's, it's it's
1: windy. I was not We're not we're not Chicago,
0: but it's really windy
1: right now. So that's 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 uh, what I was I was trying to figure out. Uh, in what ways are we like Chicago, Illinois? Um, and, and I'm going to say uh, the answer is zero. And by the way, Chicago fans who might stumble upon this, if the Carolina Panthers end up playing the Chicago Bears in the playoffs, they won't because you're not going to make it. Um, our pizza's better because Chicago pizza vastly overrated. And I will take that to the grave. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Arizona at the bank, 4.05 p.m. on Sunday. Hey, hey real quick. I, I have a question for you about
0: because in college, in college football, they complain about oh we got the noon kickoff and uh, we want the night kickoff. You think it's the same in the NFL as far as as if you get the four o'clock, aren't you? Aren't you like one of the marquee games?
1: Yeah, it's as, it's prestige because the four o five kicks are uh, traditionally more widely shown. It's more now nat- you're not on a regional coverage there; you're on a national. So it's it's if your team gets put into the four o five slot. Or the Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night slot. Obviously, that means the majority of the country is watching you at so, that so, point. So so this
0: was about Arizona. This is why this oh, yeah. was the, it was before they picked Arizona, the uh, the the prognosticators, the the powers that that know football supposedly picked Arizona to be undefeated right now going up against Carolina, and that it would be an easy victory and a showcase for them. Um they were wrong.
1: They were. Uh, I will tell you, looking down the betting lines for this weekend, that Vegas is not exactly as confident because, ladies and gentlemen, your Carolina Panthers are one-point favorites in this game. Five-and-a-half-point dogs to the Saints last weekend. It was an outright, outright money line winner betting on Carolina this week a one point dollar, excuse me, one point favorite over the Cardinals. Now, keep in mind, traditionally speaking, you usually get a bump of about three points based on being the hometown. That is not always true, but sometimes you get a three point bump, which means that Vegas believes that the Cardinals are effectively a safety better than us. But because of the fact, that Carolina's coming off of a W because of the fact that the bank, while not packed full, had some juice in it last week. I expect attendance will be a little bit better this week, coming off of a win. They believe that the home field crowd will do just enough to sway the Panthers into a dub over the Cardinals. And I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Uh now, before we get any deeper, and and, and I want to say this: we're gonna talk about the elements of potentially, potentially coming into play in this discussion. Potentially. There is the chance that we might get some offshoots into or off of the tail ends of Hurricane Ian as its remnants make its way up north through the top portion of the Carolinas. But the forecast is now looking like if there's rain, It might at best be intermittent. It might at best have a little bit of a factor. That being said, the run game is important. And we would be remiss not to bat leadoff. And I'm not saying I told you so here, Lonzo. But Christian McCaffrey got the 29 touches you were looking for last week. And wouldn't you know it, he missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday Dealing with an injury that may or may not keep him off the field on Sunday, he is listed as questionable. I'm not saying I told you so, Lonzo. I'm just staring deeply at you and rubbing my chin in thought.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not buying it. I, I'm just, I, I'm not buying it. He, uh, If you look, every week he has a supposed injury when they keep him out on Wednesday. It's uh, a, a bruise. Or, or something, and uh, I, I can't directly quote Christian from last week, but he said, if I have to go to the bathroom, people say it's an injury. Uh, I, 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 I'm i not saying that they're reporting it erroneously. I am just saying, you know, it's the National Football League. Ow, I have a bruise. Ow, I have a a, a, a slight laceration. Ow, I have a slight strain. I'm just not buying it. I I hate that, but I'm not buying it. I don't think he's hurt.
1: Uh, I do, and here's why. I think if they were milking this Tom Brady style, right, because Tom Brady gets the Giselle-mandated Wednesdays off all season long, if it was we're just giving him some time off, we're just giving him a little extra time to – kind of come around and and, and get some extra rest. Uh, they would not be specific in what was causing Christian McCaffrey to have missed multiple practices. I,
0: I have to interrupt you and I have to disagree because the last two Wednesdays he's had off, he had some sort of injury. They're coming up with an injury every single week. Yeah, he missed Thursday also, but they're coming up with an injury. They're coming up with a bruise or a strain every week. To say why he's missing instead of saying he's just not practicing on Wednesday.
1: Right. I'd they be fine I, with that. I'd be fine with that. Except he also didn't practice on Thursday. And we're still writing on the report, but I wouldn't be shocked to find out that he wasn't part of today's team activities. And on By the way,
0: I already of- I already checked it out. I already checked it out. Uh because I'm on vacation and you were uh busy doing our what? show without me. Yeah. And uh he practiced today.
1: Uh Jonathan Jones who is an NFL insider for CBS Sports, put up a tweet uh, yesterday evening that said, quote, there's more concern around this quad injury than the previous Knicks that landed him on the injury report earlier this month. So, look, I hope you're right. I hope it's nothing I hope it's some rest, some R&R. I hope my man is kicking his feet up in the locker room, playing a little Madden on the Xbox by his locker. I hope he's getting the deep breath exercises in, whatever he needs to be doing. But this does not appear to just be a have a nice day off of practice, McCaffrey. There seems to be some concern about this, and that does concern me running him into the teeth of a front seven of Arizona that's pretty good at being physical at the line of scrimmage.
0: All right, so you, we started this pod off with you feeling good and everything, and you just you just dove right into the pool of negativity. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I choose to believe that he's got the normal bumps and bruises that a running back have at, at the beginning of a year, especially a running back who was held out of preseason games, didn't practice as much because they're treating him like he's delicate. He don't run that way. And I haven't seen him uh, in the last day or so to see if he has that grin on his face when they ask him about the injury because that grin says everything.
1: We will uh, we will find out. McCaffrey had previously been listed with ankle and shin injuries earlier in the year. This is the first time that the quad has been discussed as a possibility uh, again. Fingers crossed. I hope everything is just fine with Rum CMC, but we'll find out. Let's talk about some other stuff that will impact this game because we do have a guest joining us coming up in the next segment, and we'll introduce him here in just a couple of moments from now. But as of right now, the Panthers on a six-game winning streak against the Arizona Cardinals. They are 8-3 and at home all time against the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals in their house last year, 34-10. And that was about the time last year that we really kind of started thinking, all right, maybe this team's close. Maybe this team's got some opportunity here. Of course, the wheels fell off shortly after that. But a couple of things that I do think uh, are important. The first is Arizona has been notorious for their slow starts this season outscored 56-13 in the first halves of their first three games they are one and two in that record they're the only team in the NFL that has not scored a single point in the first quarter they have converted a total of five first downs in all three games in the first quarter and they are tied for the fewest total yards combined between the three first quarters at 95. The team that they are tied for, for least yards in first quarter so far this season, the Carolina Panthers. But the Panthers have put up points in first quarter so far. Lonzo, if nothing else, the number one key to this game for me is jump out in front of the Cardinals early. Make them put the game onto the arm of Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray has not been a very efficient passer so far this year, despite the weapons he has at wideout.
0: I agree with you about getting points early, but I think they need touchdowns early. And that's uh, one of the biggest problems right now with the Carolina Panthers is getting it in the end zone. When you get in the red zone, they keep stalling out and have to go for field goals. And uh, I'd like to see them get in the end zone. That would be nice.
1: Kyler Murray, 63.8% completion percentage on 90 of 141 through the air, 784 yards and three touchdowns, one interception on the year. But here's what's very interesting. The most explosive pass play they've had so far has gone just 30 yards, and they really have not had any other big-time plays outside of that. The offense has struggled. They got blown out 44-21 by the Chiefs and they lost 20-12 to to the Rams, a game in which every single Arizona point came through field goals. Offensively, this Arizona team is pedestrian. It's average. And statistically speaking, they're actually in the ballpark with Carolina. Here's the, the numbers overall. Right now, Arizona's grabbing 353 yards per game. That is good for 15th best in the league. The Panthers, 276.3, 30th in the league. But they are only getting 105 on the ground. 248 through the air is good for 12th, and that's why they're kind of in that mark. But they are 30th in the league in third down efficiency. 23rd in the league in total yards per game all combined. 30th in the league in overall, or excuse me, in passing yards allowed per game. 32nd in the league at stopping the third down. Defensively, this team has a liability in the defensive backfield, which for me, Lonzo, means this is a make-or-break game for Baker Mayfield. If there is a game where Baker can turn the corner against a very average, dare I say, bad secondary, it is this Sunday.
0: You know, I get what you're saying, but let's say he has another off game like he did last week, and they still win. I mean, how is it a how's it a, a, a break game? Do you, you think Sam Darnold comes back and suddenly you throw him in there because he's more efficient, even though you won a game with Baker not playing well, which I don't think is going to happen again. I, I thought he played pretty well the first two games, minus a quarter here or there. This last game he did not play that great. But the defense stepped it up, and that's, I think, the main key right now is all those offensive stats you pointed out. Carolina's defense is pretty good. They really are, and all those stats, I think, ranked eighth overall or something like that, maybe even higher now. And until last week, they didn't have any takeovers. They took care of that last week. So Baker needs to be efficient. I don't think he has to light the world on fire if the defense plays up to their potential.
1: Uh, I will say this, looking down the individual statistics, the, the, the breakdown of statistics for the defense, as good as they played last week, as well as they played last week, and they did play well against New Orleans, it's really not that impressive if you go category by category. We are 18th in total yards per game allowed, 22nd in rushing yards allowed per game, 13th in passing yards allowed per game, 26th in total sacks, 18th in third down efficiency allowed, 18th in takeaways with three, and tied for 12th, and this is the best number, tied for 12th in points allowed per game. So our defense is going to have, and and it's a progression, right? You go back to the first two games against Cleveland and New York versus the defense that showed up against New Orleans in week three. It is very clear that the defense is getting better game by game, and that's exactly what you want to see. All right, all right, all right. Saying, So look, I, I, let, me, let me finish up my thought on Baker, and then I'll get out of the way because we got to run to a break. My thought on Baker is this: it's not make or break, as in Darnold will be will replace him if he doesn't play well when Sam Darnold gets back on the roster. It is make or break in terms of mindset, in terms of confidence, in terms of getting the wide receivers and the running backs on the same page to trust in and believe in Baker Mayfield. It is about gelling this offense. If they cannot gel, the passing offense against one of the worst defensive secondaries in the league this Sunday, how are you going to gain confidence going up against better ones over the next three weeks when the schedule gets tougher?
0: All right, I hate to go here, but you know, Rob, according to stats, according to stats, everything you just said, Carolina's defense is at least 10 slots better in almost every category than Arizona's offense. So what you talking about, man? I, I mean, you t- you're going 30, 26, 28 on all their offensive stats, and then we're in the 18s and the 20s for Carolina's defense.
1: That's, that's 10 better. That, to me, is a lot better. Oh, no, listen. Again, stacked up, this is a solid effort for us. We have a very good run defense up front. We saw that with Derek Brown last week. Their strength is the run. Murray Murray's going to try to throw the ball. He has not been very good at it this year. We've got a really good secondary. In fact, I'm looking for one, maybe two picks in this game to kind of change the flow of the game. The mismatches are there, and I actually have, as I mentioned, to start the pod, I've I've got some confidence in how this game plays out. I'm just saying defensively there are some spots that we have a little bit of a middle-of-the-pack feel, and that's got to be better because the last thing you want is an Arizona team who has zero momentum right now to gain it against you. And let's talk some Arizona Cardinals. We got a guest coming up after this, and we're going to break it down with the bad guys in the house on the Views from Midstreet podcast. All right, folks, as is our tradition, and by tradition, I mean we've done it two weeks in a row now, so that basically counts as forever. It is time to spend some time talking with the bad guys with the bad guys. Of course, the bad guys this week. That would be the Redbirds, the Cardinals of Arizona. And to represent the Red today, we welcome in the host of Kickoff in the Valley, the Arizona Cardinals podcast on this exact same podcast network. Tyler Vasquez is with us. Ty, what's up, fella? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing
2: well, man. Doing well. It it ain't rainy over there yet, is it?
1: Not yet. Uh, It is uh, is still early, but the wind is a-blowing, and I suspect that Sunday morning there's going to be some showers in and around Charlotte. So before we get too much deeper into that, let okay. me ask you the question that we've been dealing with for a day and a half now, which is... If By the is- way, the question
0: is, am I safe from the wind? No, I'm not, Rob. I'm not <laughs> safe from the wind. The wind is blowing really hard. I have 40-foot trees all around my house. I'm on vacation. The acorns are pelting me like a machine gun. Lonzo, oh, thank Lonzo, you for asking.
1: Lonzo lives on a <laughs> compound, and that is the price you pay, Lonzo, to have a compound. Uh, Tyler, if this game ends up being a rain fest and it, it, the field is sloggy and it's nasty out. How confident are you in Arizona's run game? If this does become a game that the elements force it to stay on the ground.
2: If the Cardinals stick to a run game, I love it because I think our running back room is pretty good. You know, you obviously everyone knows James Conner. He signed a, a big deal to come back to the Cardinals this year. Uh, You have behind him, Eno Benjamin, draft picked out of ASU, and as well as uh, uh, Darrell Williams, who came over from the Chiefs. So uh, all three have looked good at times this season. The problem is, is Cliff Kingsbury in this offense, doesn't. they tend not to stick to the run game. So being that it may be a rainy slugfest, they may be forced to, which I think in all fans' minds in Arizona, wouldn't be a bad thing
1: it's uh it's interesting one of the things that has kind of created a situation where you guys seem to have had to get off balance is the fact that uh first halves have not been great for you you're the only nfl team remaining that has not scored a point in a first quarter why has been getting the offense going early been a problem and if you face and by the way Carolina is also one of the worst three teams in the league when it comes to first quarter and first half starts. Uh, Is this is this being looked at by you guys as an opportunity uh, to maybe force a little bit more balanced game? Or do you think that's just the way the coaching staff prefers to call it?
2: Um, You know, for the Cardinals, I think we're looking at this as, as a fan base, as a as a get right game. I mean, it's it's scary to say because uh, the Cardinals haven't beat the Panthers in the last six meetings that they've played. So uh, the Panthers, all things considered, have owned the Cardinals every time. I mean, it hasn't even been close. Uh, I haven't looked at all six games, but I've been at a few of them, and I remember they were all blowouts, including that NFC Championship game not too long ago. Um, last year, what was it, 34 to 10, I think, was the score in, the, in their last matchup. So uh, Carolina seemingly always has the Cardinals number. But when you look at this game, uh, it, it's one for where this fan base and I would think this team looks at it as an opportunity to right some wrongs here in terms of getting off to slow starts. Uh, that's been the biggest criticism for them is they've managed to stay in a couple of these games, uh, one being you know, week two against the, the Raiders. They ended up coming back and, and winning in overtime. And then last week against the Rams, they, they hung in there. They were within reach at all times. Um, but they only play – two quarters, three quarters. That's what it feels like. So you're hoping the Cardinals can get right here uh, in Carolina this weekend. But again, something like the weather now makes you a little bit concerned that you know they're going to have to shift game plans to a degree. Kyler Murray threw the ball over 50 times last weekend. I would think with it raining, he's not going to do that this week. So you would think uh, ultimately with the change in offense, hopefully they can get both of those situations corrected.
0: You know, you talked about uh, the run game for Arizona. The thing is with the Carolina Panthers, the defense against the run, after that first game, they've really stepped it up and been able to shut guys down. If Kyler does have to throw and the kind of wind that we expect, who's he going to try to throw it to?
2: Yeah, you're going to see a lot of Hollywood Brown. He had 14 receptions on Sunday. Uh, A lot of people were down on Hollywood Brown with his time in Baltimore. You know, a lot of dropsies, as people thought. With the wind, I'm sure that's not gonna help matters this weekend, but uh Hollywood and Kyler have a great rapport. So, and you saw that last week, you saw it the week before in Vegas. Um, they're just gonna continue to build upon that. So I would think you're gonna see a lot of uh Marquise Brown this weekend and and the sleeper, the sleeper guy that people talk about, and I actually heard a fantasy football podcast say the reason nobody likes Greg Dortch is he has a name like a fifth grader. Uh, It's just a weird name that that's not sexy. Uh, Greg, no one likes Greg. And so Greg Dorch is a guy that has proven to be a football player. And he is a guy that is sneaking up on teams. Last week uh, was great connection with Kyler. I think he was third in receptions last week as a a total uh, or going in. And his separation is insane, too. Like he, I, I want to say, I saw a stat that said he had the most separation between any wide receiver in the NFL last weekend. So this guy gets open, he catches everything, uh, and he's like 5'7". So, I, I mean, he's he's fast, he's, he moves, and he's going to come up on you because I think people don't expect him. And he wasn't like a sexy draft pick or anything. So it's one of those things where he just came out of nowhere so if you're the Panthers, hopefully they've, and you know, they do that, do the diligence. They've watched the tape. They see that this is a guy to worry about.
1: I mean, if you're five, seven with the name Dorch, you're going to learn to be tough. You know what I mean? Light the Dorch baby light, the Dorch. Love it, All Tyler. right,
0: who, who, Who's Joy. taller? Who, who's taller? Him or Kyler? I'm just curious. Kyler's taller.
1: Lonzo. You're going to have to change your entire joke catalog now.
2: Oh no, no. That's why he's his buddy. I mean, you know, hey, I have a picture of me and Kyler, and I am six foot uh, one. I have a picture of me and Kyler, and he is as tall, if not a little bit taller than me. Oh, okay. All right. We have a picture standing one. next to each other.
1: I'm going to need that one submitted to the Twitter account. Uh, yep, just yep. to see it. Uh, speaking of Kyler Murray, just a shade under 64% of the passes, 784, three touches, one interception, no deep balls so far. Uh, that have that have come in consequential spots is there uh, is there a feeling amongst the cardinal fans that there has been a bit of regression with kyler or you kind of go through going through the same thing that some of us here in carolina are with baker of maybe you feel like the schemes just not being run right for him why is kyler a is he at a disappointing clip for cardinals fans and b if so why
2: You know, uh, the one thing that we talk about on our show, Kickoff in the Valley, is that there is a disconnect between Kyler and Cliff. There's too much of a buddy-buddy relationship there, and somewhere there's a problem. Um, You saw last year when Kyler was hurt, Colt McCoy stepped in, uh, really good performances. It didn't look like he was going off script, and it looked like there was a level of respect there. I'm not trying to say that Kyler doesn't respect Cliff, but I do think that that, closeness that they've had ever since Cliff recruited him back when he was in high school. Uh, there's something there where Cliff just lets Kyler kind of be the man. And it's one thing to let your quarterback be the man when they're a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady or something that's proven uh, that that they deserve that right. You know, With Kyler, he's not done anything yet to prove that he should be given the the keys to the car and just run ragged. And um, I think a frustration I know between me and my friends in our chat group is we need a coach that's going to like grab by the jersey and say, "Cliff or Kyler, stop going off script." And I'm not trying to say that he is, or or I don't know for that for a fact. But I'm telling you, it, it does look like there is a clear disconnect between the two, and, and that does relate to some of the Cardinals' problems.
1: Let me let me ask a follow up to that real quick because I I wonder, and I think fans outside of Arizona wonder. Preseason, there was that big situation that spurred. Tons of jokes on our show about Kyler's homework clause, right? Like mm-hmm. he was going to be he was going to get his money, but he was he was obligated to study X amount of hours away from the field. And it kind of felt from Kyler's camp like they felt a little bit insulted. Do you think there's potential that that was the trigger for this? I don't think Kyler's camp had a
2: problem with it initially because then why else would they sign the contract what became the problem was when it you know obviously the contracts are available through the nfl uh, players association and media looked into the contract just like they would do this is where like for me it was hard because as an ownership group and as a player's agent you know that this is public information so you know that the Adam Schefters and everybody else of the world are going to go look at those big contracts. they going to want to see like, what is the guarantees? What is this? What is that? And I don't know if they just think thought everyone was going to be lazy and not read that and, and thought they would just pass it through everybody. I, I don't know. Um, but I will tell you this. I think the, the, the reason that was in place, at least this is my belief is Michael Bidwell did not want to pay Kyler yet because of how they finished he wanted to wait till after this season to, to make that determination of, are we going to make you the top paid quarterback in the league or top two, top three, whatever, you know, he ended up being second. But I, I think he wanted to see one more year. Kyler and his agent said, no, we're not playing unless he gets paid now, uh, especially with his style of play where he runs and, you know, the, opens himself for injury. And I think it was, okay, well, then we need to compromise. We need to make sure he's going to take big leaps from year three to year four. And so thus we want to study clause in the contract. And and I think that solely came from the owner. I don't think that came from maybe the GM or coach. I think the GM or coach may have said something like we want to see Kyler really step up as a leader. There's been a lot called into question on Kyler Murray when things go bad. And you'll see it Sunday. If, if he throws a pick or something like, you know, something bad happens, he gets visibly upset. And, and traditionally, you'll see a quarterback go to the bench. They'll surround the rest of the offense around him, or or the player where there's a disconnect, the wide receiver, whoever. They'll be looking at the tablet. They'll go over what they saw. Typically, when Kyler has a situation, he goes to the bench, he sits by himself and there ain't no tablet in hand. And he kind of just stares around. And so I think that's where that that study clause comes from of, OK, bud, we need you to really grow both in leadership and in performance.
0: All right, you can't talk about that without talking about the other thing that goes around the internet. And since you're actually in Arizona and can tell us if the fans there think this, uh, there's been a supposed study out there that Kyler Murray stats go down when a new Call of Duty uh, <laughs> DLC drops. Do you believe that, or is that the do the do people around there believe that?
2: Uh I don't. I don't think it's not interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm not going to say. I would like to believe that that is not the case. But it's no secret. He's part of, uh, what is that group? FaZe Clan or whatever, the big gaming group. He dropped something the other day with other members of FaZe Clan and watching film and different stuff. And it was. it's like he's very active in that world. So to tell me that he isn't gaming or that that couldn't be the case, I mean... There is some correlation. Now, I would say the correlation more is around him getting hurt. Uh, Typically, every year he's been in the league, he's gotten an injury somewhere around the midweek, you know, week eight, week seven, week nine, somewhere around there where he gets banged up. And it's usually because he's running the ball or or doing something to that nature. And um, at that point, that's when the team starts to struggle. That's when he struggles. So I do think it's just common. Like when you really map it out, though, when do these games drop? November, just in time for the Christmas season. That's right around week eight, week nine. Players are by that time in the season, you're going to be a little banged up. So I think it is a coincidence, but I'm not against it. <laughs> like it's not something that I would be like, oh yeah, completely discount it. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
1: We're joined by Tyler Vasquez, one of the hosts of the kickoff in the Valley podcast, the Odyssey podcast, talking about the Arizona Cardinals as they get set to travel to Charlotte to play in the bank against the Panthers this Sunday. What is the view of Cardinals fans of you guys about this Carolina team? Obviously, uh, Carolina has had Arizona's number winning six in a row, including an NFC title game, but. Uh, Carolina just also came off of a nine game losing streak. It had been until last Sunday over a calendar year since the last time the Panthers won in Charlotte. Obviously, they had kind of been cast aside as one of the dregs of the lead lately until they beat the Saints this weekend. Uh, from the Arizona fan perspective, have you guys kind of looked at this and thought, this should be a win for us. This is going to be a competitive game for us to prove ourselves. Like where's the, where's that fall on the compass for Cardinals fans right now?
2: When I look at talent to talent, I think the Cardinals should win this game. I mean, and I'm not trying to be biased at all. If you would, if I was on a chiefs uh, podcast, I would say, no, I think the chiefs are going to win just because talent matching up. I think the chiefs are more talented. So when we look at this game, all things considered, the Cardinals should win this game. But again, the Panthers have had our number every single year every single coaching regime every single uh quarterback it doesn't matter who it is with that being said Kyler Murray is 2 and 0 against Baker and you would hope that can carry over obviously there was a different team uh, you know so you hope you know as we transition here you would think that um you know you would hope that continues right you would hope the Cardinals momentum and, and Kyler's momentum when in those head to head matchups with Baker um will result in a win but I mean, would I be surprised if the Cardinals find a way to blow this? No. So <laughs> that's one of those things. Do I expect them to win Sunday? Yes. I expect this to be a walk in the park, but those are the games you end up being concerned about. The Cardinals are really good on the road. I mean, their home record is much like you guys. Uh, they don't want to play at home. If they could play every game on the road, they would. So, you know, that that's uh, kind of where we stand. I will tell you a, an interesting stat about Kyler Murray, too, that I saw that I'm really excited to talk about on our show. Um Kyler Murray, he didn't run his first attempt at, at running the ball the other day um, until like the fourth quarter, right? And and obviously the Cardinals lost that game. The Cardinals are 9-1 and one when Kyler Murray runs 10 times or more in a game. So they don't lose when he runs the ball. Uh, they're 14-14 and 14 when he rushes five to nine times. And then anytime he rushes four or less attempts on the ground, they're 0-11-1. So when I look at the game this past Sunday, Kyler didn't run a lot. You know, he ran like one or two times and they lost. So I, I think when you are talking about, again, this being a game in the rain and it could be really bad conditions, if Kyler gets moving on his feet, again, this should be a walk in the park at that point. We've got the weapons on offense. We're not just talented at receiver. We're not just talented at running back. We've got some great tight ends. Also, you got Zach Ertz, who's very involved. Uh, you got Trey McBride, who we haven't seen a lot of yet, but we drafted him in the second round and he was the number one tight end of the draft. Uh, many are saying in the last three years between him and Kyle Pitts are the best tight ends uh, to come out of the draft. So we have weapons across the board that, that are, can be deadly in offense. Now, we're not going to scare you on defense. So it's one of those things. They're not trying to surprise anybody on defense.
1: I'm interested in that because I was I was looking at the defensive matchup and the defensive rankings, and Carolina's defense has gotten better, but they started the season against uh, Cleveland and New York on such a downslide that, that most of the rankings are kind of right in the middle. You guys are interesting because you've been pretty good against the rush. You're allowing just to tick over 100 yards per rush game. It is the passing yards that you guys have had a problem with 30th in the league with 281 surrendered. The good news is that Baker Mayfield does not seem to really have found his chemistry in the passing game with Carolina. Uh, so I would assume that defensively speaking, while our rush defense has been pretty good, it has been the strength of yours that is probably something you would prefer to see if it's a run game based on the ability to get Kyler outside and that nine and one stat you just mentioned. And the fact that it is when it's when opposing quarterbacks go through the air that you guys have seen to have the most trouble so far.
2: Yeah. Our cornerback room could consist of uh, Lonzo yourself, Rob and I, I mean the, the corner room is not good. And so any team should try to air it out. Now, obviously you've got a deadly weapon and, and CMC in the backfield. So um, it's kind of hard when I look at you guys offensively, try to figure out what are you going to do? Everything that tells you says you should air it out, but um, maybe there's a beef between Robbie Anderson and uh, Baker uh, Mayfield because they can't get that connection going. Wonder where that stemmed from. Um, and then, uh, you know, what do you guys have? DJ Moore as well. I just, you guys got weapons. It's, Will they air it out? Will they get that passing game going? And this, this for you guys, is a game that you should be able to get it going. Our linebacker core is not very good. Our secondary is not very good. So when you look at the back half of the defense, you should have all day. Now, our front, you know, our pass rushers, that's a different story. Zach Zach Allen, that's another name to watch for, especially defensively. Uh, He was third in pass rush win rate this past week. And he's been, if you look up film on Zach Allen, this guy has been, a menace for offensive linemen over the past few weeks. And it's just silent. Like, no one's really talking about him. No one's really seen it. Everyone keeps talking about J.J. Watt or Marcus Golden or, or some of those guys on the on the defense. But Zach Allen's the, the core of that defense that people are, are going to find out about pretty quickly.
0: All right. To that end, I was going to ask you, what can the Cardinals do to neutralize Christian McCaffrey with the kind of games he's had the last couple of weeks?
2: Pray. <laughs> um yeah, I, I mean I listen, all they want to do is contain him to a certain degree. Uh Christian McCaffrey's gonna get his numbers. So if you if you got him on fantasy, load him up because uh he'll get he'll get his. Um but as we saw with Cooper Cup last week, right? Obviously different situation, he's a receiver, but Um, they were able to contain him a little bit. And I think that's what the Cardinals will look to do in the run game here with with Christian McCaffrey is try to keep him in front of them. Let him get the ball. Let him move for five yards, six yards. But try to keep him in front and kind of limit the damage, right, and force them to try to make plays with the Robbie Anderson or, or, you know, whoever at that point. Uh, Try to make the other pieces beat you. And I think that's everyone's strategy when it comes to playing you guys. So, uh, you know, it's no secret.
1: We are talking to Tyler Vasquez. He is the host of kickoff in the Valley, the Arizona Cardinals podcast presented by Odyssey. uh just got a couple of minutes left with you, Tyler so before you let you before we let you go, just your overall thoughts on I mean, you said earlier and you sound relatively confident this is a game that you believe the Cardinals win at least on paper. I, I would almost argue respectfully that, uh, the 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 defense of which our defensive backs, J.C. Horn leading the charge, have been really good. Uh, defensively, the edge goes to Carolina. Offensively, the edge goes to Arizona. And I don't wonder that if the rain doesn't kind of favor the Panthers a little bit in that if it's going to be forced to go to the ground either way, It's it's really just a slight edge to the Carolina defense. So overall, give me a short breakdown of what this game looks like in perfect elements, and a short breakdown of what this game looks like if it is going to be in the midst of a monsoon. I
2: think uh, if the weather's nice, the Cardinals are going to be able to spread things out. They're going to get the ball into many people's hands, and and they'll be able to get up and down the field. They'll be pitch and catch. They'll be fine. If it's if there's rain. I think this running back room will still will will surprise the Panthers. I I think they are not expecting the Cardinals to win by the running back room. But at the end of the day, James Conner found the end zone a lot last season, and he knows how to do that, you know, pretty handily. So um, if this game does go bad weather, I think that gives that that makes it where Carolina does have a chance to win this game. Um, Obviously, they always have a chance, but I I would say if I had to bet If if the weather's bad, I would say the odds obviously go drastically up for for Carolina, which and it looks like that's how it's trending, right? So we'll see. I mean, but then again, the weather was bad last year in Chicago and the Cardinals did whatever they wanted. And so it really didn't affect them. So I think it really just depends on the wind, right? I think
1: the wind more than the rain. Tyler Vasquez is the host of Kickoff in the Valley, the Arizona Cardinals podcast presented by – odyssey tyler man appreciate it big dog good to talk to you good luck on sunday and i look forward to a little twitter smack talk on sunday afternoon my guy i love it guys we'll see you sunday you got it all right folks we've talked about it all we've given you all the thoughts the x factors the ins, the outs we heard from the birds it's now time for zoe and i to go on the record with our picks before we head into the national the national league weekend lonzo batter up who you got Zona or the cats.
0: All right. So I, you know, this winning thing makes you feel kind of good. It makes you go out on limbs and, and over predict things. And I'm feeling pretty happy right now. So Carolina wins this. I'm going to go 32 to 21.
1: 32, 21. Got us a double digit victory at the house. I like it. Uh, listen, I am going to go a little bit closer of a game. It's a one and a half point spread. I'm going to keep it as a three point game. I think we put a few more points on the board, but I am going 21-18 as your final score. I think you force Arizona into a couple of field goals. You pop one deep. Uh, Maybe it's a slip screen to McCaffrey because their DBs aren't very good. I want to see, assuming he plays, 22, get some opportunities to catch the rock and create space. DJ, I need DJ. I need DJ to bang one. I need Robby to pop one long. Give me 21-18. Carolina defends the house. Boys, that's called a two wins. You get another one, that's called a winning streak. And they do exist. It's going to happen. The winning streak starts on Sunday. Lonzo, final words for the people. All right, so
0: we know that the players listen to this podcast because they absolutely should. Here's some practice. Go home, give your son or your daughter your cell phone. Tell them to run, and especially if you're on defense, and just practice catching them, because that's what you're going to be doing this Sunday, going up against Kyler Murray. So just practice. And uh, I
1: want to love anything or anyone in my life as much as Lonzo enjoys mocking Kyler Murray. That's it for us. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on Monday with our reaction to the game. That's Lonzo Reitzel. My name is Rob Brown. You can find us on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the Facebook, all that. At the Rob Brown Show, at Lonzo and Word. And you can find us back here wherever major podcasts are found. On Monday, it's views from Street. We'll see you then. Keep pounding, baby.